Well, good morning, everyone. Spirit of Prophecy Church. We appreciate you joining us today. Um, I hope that uh, those that live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, that you can start joining us here physically at our church in Plano, Texas. So look us up, Spirit of Prophecy Church, and come and join us. We'd love to have you. Um, so there's a few quick announcements since tomorrow, excuse me, next week it will be the first of the new year. So welcome in 2022. And it's going to be a better year, right? We're going to have to say that, yes, it's going to be a better year than the last two. So it's awesome. God is in control, and he's going to make things a lot better for us. But we have to, you know, we just have to have trust in him. Amen? So we have a few quick announcements. And, yes, these are my helpers up here, my beautiful grandchildren. This is Scarlett and Enzo. So aren't they handsome and beautiful here? Yeah? And believe me, she is a princess. Mm Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. All right. So we have a quick announcements. Um, Friday's, uh, the Bible study will start back up on January the 7th. And also our church service really does begin at 930 AM. So we have a church service at 930, some great teachings that take place. And then also 1030, the main service. Uh, also Super Bowl Sunday will be on February the 13th. Just kind of give you an announcement now, even though it's not close to February, but we do uh, what we hear at our church. We have a good time that day, and we just all dress in our favorite whatever sports team attire we'd like to wear. And then also uh, intercessory prayer will be on January the 6th from 7 to 8.30 p.m. So join us for that. And also the fellowship dinner will be on January the 23rd. That's going to be our chili contest. So I'm going to hand this around so that you can... Here at the church, you can sign up to be joining us for the chili contest. And that will be on January the 23rd, uh, stay after service, and we'll have the best chili in the whole wide world, right? And there will be trophies that will be given for the top three. So join us for that. And the best trophies in the whole wide world, <laughs> yes. All right, so hold this one too, Scarlett, for me. And also... Barb, if you can come and grab these from Scarlett. Can you give those to Barb? Thank you. And she can hand those out. You can stand here right by me if you like still. And then Enzo's holding up. This is for uh, the School of the Prophets, Training the Prophets. That's going to be January the 19th. Excuse me. It's not even the new year yet, and I'm February the 19th through the 22nd, 2022. That's 2-2. Two, two, right? So February the 19th through February the 22nd. So I hope that you can sign up and come for that. This is for anyone that needs training in ministry. If you have a calling on your life, any of the fivefold, you have a calling on your life to be in ministry and you're not getting it maybe where you're attending, come to the training of the prophets. It's for anyone, not just those that have a prophetic calling on their lives, but anyone that has a calling in their life to be a minister. So I encourage you to come and sign up for that. You can go to, to the Prophecy Club and sign up or Train the Prophets and sign up. I also encourage you to go to traintheprophets.com and sign up uh, for the YouTube and share and also subscribe so that we can get more subscribers to that channel. Um, boy, we have. I've been doing some teachings for the last three to four months, and I'm getting some good positive re- feedbacks from it, so I hope that you'll join in on that, traintheprophets.com. All right, so, hey, you too. <laughs> so we're going to have the Barb take this one too, and this will be if you need for the church here. This is the information you need for the School of the Prophets. 
Okay, thank you both. Y'all can go on down and sit by mom, and I'm gonna we're gonna get our service going this morning. So could everybody please stand? Pastor Lou, if you'll be ready to come up and take the offering. So good to see all of you here. Amen. I hope that y'all had a wonderful day yesterday. It didn't seem like today should be Sunday. It was just a strange day. It's like, oh my goodness, tomorrow is Sunday. So we're so glad that you're here. All right, let's just raise our hands and bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we just love you so much. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity, you are welcome here in this place. We ask that you, Holy Spirit, just guide and direct everything. And let it be done decently and in order. Let it be done according to your plan, your purpose. We look to you. We listen to you. We want to be led of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit led in the name of Jesus. And Lord, that not man will be speaking, but by your Spirit. We ask that you anoint the praise and worship. We ask that you anoint the sound system. Anoint every person here to hear the words of the Lord. And Lord, if there's any that are watching today... If they're part of the Spirit of Prophecy Church, it's part of the Prophecy Club that are part of us. Lord, as they're watching, if anybody, anyone out there that are watching and they just need a touch from you, we just ask that you use us as just willing vessels right now just to intercede for them. And Lord, I ask that you would just go and touch them. Holy Spirit, touch them, comfort them during this time if they have a need of comfort. Whatever their need is, I ask right now, by your Holy Spirit, that you touch them right now. Send forth your ministering spirits to them. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. And Lord, we do give you praise and honor and glory for today. And we thank you that the whole world celebrated your birthday yesterday. Even though we know that's not the day, actual date, we know that the whole world recognizes it. So we just give you praise and honor and glory, and we honor you. We honor you today as we come together to praise and worship you today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated for a moment. You want to grab another mic? Can you hand him a mic, please? Technology is wonderful when it works. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas. Okay, it's time for offering. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. So God gave, and now this is our chance to give. Amen. Amen. We're the wheat. In the field next door to me is a wheat field. It's green, green, green. And so the farmer sowed, and the rains will come. We call those the former rains, and then the latter rains come in the spring, and he'll have a harvest right around Passover time. So as you know, you sow, you reap what you sow. So now is our chance, and we do a prophetic act. So here's the offering basket. Make your checks payable to Spirit of Prophecy Church, and online you scroll down, and there's a donate button, and you can support us. And we are growing, and the Spirit of the Lord is here. We're a five-fold ministry. We teach, preach out of the King James Bible. So it's a good church. It's good ground to sow into. So... Thank you, thank you, thank you. Come forward. Down, right? Yeah. <laughs> Lord, the whole world is talking about 
Santa Claus, Jingle Bells, Christmas trees. But Lord, we talk about you. And we want you to know that we know that every blessing, every blessing has come down from you. Amen. You've given us all of our income, our families, our wives, our children, our grandchildren, our jobs. Everything has come from your hand. And it is not only not a problem, but it is our honor to give to you, to give back to you. It's another way that we say, Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name. Father in heaven, we thank you for these offerings. I ask you to multiply them. And we don't give to man, we give to you. In the name of the Lord, we give to you to build your kingdom. And Lord, we're blessed because we live in America. But the reason we're blessed because we live in America is because you are our Amen. God and we're your people. And Amen. we acknowledge you and we give you praise, glory, and honor. And we thank you, Lord. 2021 was a great blessing for all of us. And we expect a, a great blessing in 2022. And this is for you. It's for your kingdom. Receive it with joy. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, let's stand up. It's time for praise and worship. Hallelujah. Let's give praise to our King. King of kings and Lord of lords. He is worthy and worthy to be praised. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah, King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, this is the time we give you praise and glory and honor. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Hallelujah, we thank you that you were born, you were died, and that you raised again, and you are alive today. Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together. Shepherds kept their watching over silent flocks by night. Behold, throughout the heavens, there shone a holy light. You could tell it on the mountain, over the hills, and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ. Shepherds feared and trembled when Lord above the earth rang out the angels' chorus that hailed our Savior's birth. And down in a lonely manger, our humble Christ was born. And God sent us salvation on that blessed Come on, say and go, tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go, tell it on the mountain, that Jesus Christ is born. Hallelujah. Come on, it's time to get excited.
surrender. We worship you, Father God. You are worthy. You are wonderful. Counselor, our Father, our friend. Father God, we worship you. Jesus, we worship you. this morning. Come on, let me hear you singing out. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's give them some praise this morning. I can't hear you. Wait, 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 wait. I can't hear you singing hallelujah. Hallelujah. One more time. Hallelujah. We're going to shout it from the rooftops. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Tell someone hallelujah. Turn to them. 
I could even hear the children up here singing hallelujah. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. It is so awesome to have children here at our church. Absolutely. We love to hear them laughing and getting loud back there, so it's a okay. <laughs> Can you go on back there, Freddie? Come on, Freddie. They're all carrying. All the little girls are carrying babies around here today. I wonder what they got for Christmas. So awesome. Hallelujah. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, we do love you, and we do praise your holy name. And Lord, I just thank you that as I was just sitting up here, just even hearing, because I was sitting next to my grandchildren, hearing them sing hallelujah. And Lord, that just, you know, just makes my heart just sing. And I remember Stan telling me once that his mom said to him that the greatest thing that you could ever do for your children is to raise them to be a Christian, raise them to be believers. That's the thing you need to have them instilled in them the most, more than anything. And that is so true because, you know, if you raise them in the church, if you raise them where they're with like believers, um, they're, they're going to always return back to that. Train them, up, train them up in the way that they should train go. Train them up. They'll not depart from it. Amen. So I'm just speaking to all you moms and dads out there. That's the best gift that you could ever give them. So just encourage you to do that. If you're not in a, a church, I know, you know, there's not a perfect church out there. There isn't. But maybe you need to be planted in one to become someone that's going to be like a founding person there. Like, you know, it's going to stand strong, but also, you know, you don't want to cause waves that you want to be an influencer. So I just encourage you to get those children Get them in a building, in a church building, a church setting. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for the message that you're going to be delivering today. I thank you, Lord, for the anointing already being upon him. I thank you that, that we're going to have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And, Lord, while we are a training and equipping church, I pray in the name of Jesus that there will be no deaf, dumb spirit in this place because we command it to leave right now in Jesus' name and our ears are open to hear the word of the Lord today, the word of the Lord that's going to change us, change us and make us more Christ-like, that's going to get us to know the word better. So, Lord, I ask that you anoint him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. I thank you, Lord, that you've spoken to him during the night and even before yesterday, that he has that message to deliver that can only be from you. Speak through him. Use him as that vessel today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And, Lord, this morning we know that wisdom and might are yours. You change the times and seasons. You remove the kings and set up kings. You give the wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. You reveal it the deep and secret things. You know what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with you. And, Lord, we thank you. We thank you and we praise you in this time of your birth, though it's probably not the exact day, we reverence it as such. And, Lord, we ask that you do it. Open our eyes so we can see. Open our hearts so we can understand, remember. Show us the deep and secret things. Help us to understand the most fantastic thing in the world, 
the birth and the death of Christ to free us from sin. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So I'm entitling this the death blow, the victory. That's the death blow to the devil and the victory to us through Christ. This is what motivates us. I got this in an email this past week. If you look at the date, that's 1224. That's the day before Christmas, about 3.40 p.m. I just accepted Jesus. Amen. 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 This is amen, but this is hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So whoever, I know your name, I blotted it out. But thank you and congratulations to you. This is what motivates us. That's why we do this. Now, I'm, a, I'm, I'm going to explain salvation to you in, today, in a way today. You've probably never seen it before. You're probably going to raise an eyebrow and you're going to say, huh? Because this is going to be from a whole new angle. You've probably never seen what Jesus did for us like this before. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. Now, my question is, let's start with this. What is before in the beginning? No, the answer is not G-E-N-1 colon 1. Before in the beginning, what was there? What happened before in the beginning, God? Uh, she, she's been listening to some teaching. That's not fair. <laughs> what happened before this? The Father and the Son got together and made an agreement. The Father said, I'm going to write a book, the book of life, and I'm going to put in that book all of the names that I'm going to give you. And if you're listening right now, your name is in that book. Amen. The Father put it in, but you're the only one that can take it out. But you, it's like this. It's written in there, but you kind of have to go in there and put a little check mark beside it, kind of saying, now, this is not scriptural, by the way. <laughs> but you kind of got to go in there, right? But is, is right? you kind of got to go in there and put a little check mark and say, yep, I agree. Now, question. Can we take it out? How many of you think you may have taken it out by some of the things you've done in, the, in your life? Oh, how many think you may have taken it out a couple of times? I can't tell you how many times in my prayer closet I've, I've thanked the Lord so much for coming and getting me. He saved me not once, but several times. He saved me from myself. So before it said in the beginning, God had already gone to the Son. The Father had already gone to Jesus and said, here's what we're going to do. Because the Father knows the end from the beginning, Isaiah 45, he already knew that Adam and Eve would fall. He'd already talked to the son and said, are you willing to lay down your life? Are you willing to be born of a virgin woman, live your life, sinless life, to excruciating pain and death and suffering? Are you willing to do that for me to give you this bride? Talk about tough. Someone comes to you and says, okay, I'll give you that job. I'll give you the raise, but... Okay, so you want that wife or you want that husband, but 
<laughs> well, that's what the father did to the son. The son said, I'll do it. They already knew that Adam and Eve would eat of the fruit. So let's go to the next verse. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That means this was the heaven. That means all of the angels were created right then. And the earth was without form and void. Now, this is the important part. And darkness. Okay, so when the earth was void without form, there was darkness upon the face of the earth. So eternity is darkness. Say, eternity is darkness. One more time. Eternity is darkness. That's important to understand. Eternity is darkness on the face, and the Spirit moved upon the face of the waters. Now, have to understand there's no sun yet. Okay, there's nothing been made yet. So what's he doing? Move on the face of the waters. I think that he gathered the waters from all of the other planets around. But there aren't any planets yet. What? Wait a minute. <clears throat> God said, let there be light, and there was light. What's that? Because the sun, the moon, and the stars are not created until the fourth day. This isn't even the first day yet. So what are we doing? There was light. A lot of people have this theory of a big bang. And, of course, I don't know and you don't know and nobody really knows exactly the truth. But probably, probably, I said probably, <laughs> probably that's what happened. Probably the Spirit of God went boom. And all of a sudden, but the Bible says he threw the stars into place with his finger and called them by name. It says, heaven is his throne, the earth is his foot, footstool. He put everything in place. He wrote in the stars through the 12 signs of the zodiac. He wrote in the stars the plan of man. He already told us in the stars, we, we couldn't understand, the end from the beginning. And did you also know, he wrote underneath the waters on the globe, on the earth, the plan of man also. He told us where we were going, but... <laughs> We don't understand. God said, let there be light. My guess is that's probably the big bang. God saw light, that it was good, and divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. But there's no sun yet. God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Now, my understanding of that is that there's kind of air here, okay? And then apparently, if you look at it, there's a firmament in the, in the midst of the waters, but there are waters above and there's waters below. Now, you can talk a long time on this, and I'm not, this will get me off subject if we go into explaining it, but a lot of people think that there was used to be two layers of waters up there. I don't know exactly, perhaps so. And God made the firmament, divided waters which are under the firmament, from the waters which are above the firmament, and it was so. God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. God said, let the water, this is salvation, by the way. Let the waters be under the heaven, be gathered together into one place. Let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and gathering together waters, he called seas. And God saw it was good. Now, if you look closely at this, this is somebody's drawing, basically, of probably what the earth looked like before it was divided. In the days of Peleg, the Bible says, 
that the earth was divided, but it just said that the earth used to be one landmass, and the water was one man, uh, one water mass. Maybe that's the way to say it. This is another way to look at it. This might have been what it looked like. Now, I actually disagree with the way this is laid out. This is what I think is. I want you to look at this. See this kind of a little horseshoe shape. I think that horseshoe shape used to fit right up in there. Okay, if you just move that right here, that horseshoe shape, and then all of these filled in there, and then that kind of stood in there, and then I think this little dot right here kind of used to fit right in there, and then this, northern South America, used to fit into the Gulf of America. In other words, if you squeeze all that together, it used to be one landmass, so the Bible says. God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit of his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed of his kind, tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. By the way, notice after its kind. Do you know there's also a scripture, Monsanto? Are you listening, Monsanto? There's a scripture that says you're not supposed to mingle the seed. Monsanto. There's a scripture in the Bible that says you're not to mingle seed. Monsanto. There's a scripture in the Bible that says you're not to mingle seed. Amen. And here you are thinking you are doing it better. There is no better than what God made it. Amen. So what you're doing is messing up things. Stop messing up the world. In the evening and the morning were the third day. I remember we were in, in uh, Israel, and I, I asked the, the uh, tour guide, I said, so... You, you, how, do you, how do you know, I want to see what he said, how do you know that the days of creation were 24 hours? And he answered correctly. He said, because the evening and the morning were the first day. Yeah. So these were not just, like, they're not 1,000-year-old days. These are 24-hour days. He did all of this. God said, let there be lights. Now, here's we're getting to the point today. God said, let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night. Let there be signs for seasons, for days and years. So the movement of the sun, the moon, and the stars, the movement of that it are for signs, seasons, days, and years. Now, what's the important part of that? Well, we understand about seasons, days, and years, but what's this? What was it that led the uh, shepherds in the field? It's a star. So stars. So they're for signs, aren't they? Let them be for lights for the permanent heaven to keep the light upon the earth. So God made two great lights. The greater light, rule, or the sun, to rule the day. The lesser night, to rule the night. He made the stars also in the evening morning were the fourth day. Now, the point being, the sun was not made till the fourth day. So darkness is eternity. The light, my guess is, is probably some kind of a big bang or explosion, but it, Whatever it was, it was still God. Now let's jump ahead to Genesis 3. Here's the story of Adam and Eve in the garden. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. Now hang on, let me back up. I don't want you to read the rest of that yet. Somebody was saying, what we need to do is eliminate these Moloch and Baal worshippers. What we need to do is we need to get rid of, and they started mentioning a bunch of names of the leaders of the world, the big names, the people that run the Federal Reserve and stuff like that. And I said, if you know the name, they're not the leader. If you know the name, they're middle management. 
because the Bible says the servant is the most subtle beast of the field. Means the people that really rule the world. I'm talking about report directly to Lucifer. Probably are not 100% human. Probably there's some kind of a hybrid. They might not even be human at all. But as it comes down that, that pyramid shape there, we go from Lucifer down to some kind of a hybrid thing. But if you, if you, the people that are really ruling it, never see them. My guess is that they're probably thousands of years old. My, now that's a guess. They probably don't have a birth certificate. They might even be pharaohs. Whoa, Stan, that was uh, 3,000 some odd years ago. Maybe even before the flood, we don't know. Uh, you're saying somebody lives that long? Wait a minute. Now, if you go back and you look at what the pyramids are saying, they put all of these uh, chariots and these, uh, they put them in sarcophagus. They went to a lot of trouble to try to preserve the body because what? They believed that they were going to come back. Yeah. Maybe the technology is out there where they really did. Now, Stan, do you know that? No, I don't know that. But this is going to tie in with salvation here in just a second. Their salvation is in the devil. Their salvation is in a flesh salvation. This is not our home. This is not our body. We don't want this old stinky flesh, blood, blood, blood mud body. We want a glorified body. Amen. We want an eternal body, one that does not hunger or thirst. Okay. So the serpent's more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, now... <clears throat> See, the devil never comes to our front door. He comes around to the side window, or he comes to the back door. He's subtle. He's very subtle. Yay, has God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? The woman said, servant, well, we can eat of the fruit trees of the garden, but of the fruit tree which is in the midst, of the, or I assume that means the middle of the garden, God had said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall he touch it. You should touch it, or lest you die. Did he say you cannot touch it? No, I don't want to back up and show you that. But no, he didn't say you can't touch it. As a matter of fact, you can build a treehouse in it if you want to. Just don't eat it. Now, what is that fruit? I've done a whole talk. There's like 11 verses that talks about apple, and none of them are bad. But there's about 350 verses that talk about the grape and the vineyard and wine, and there's everything to do with the, the grape is just almost bad. So... What happened when Eve ate that fruit? Assuming it was a, a grape, what happened? Their eyes were open. Their, the Bible says their eyes were open. It was a sin, so sin entered in. Now, I'm going to tie that together with some other ones. Daniel 2.43 says they will mingle their seed with the seed of men. Question, what happens... What, what if, when Adam and Eve ate of that fruit, it actually made a change in their DNA? What if it put some kind of a seed of a serpent in them? Now, the Bible sort of hints at that, but it doesn't exactly directly say that. But again, that, I'm, I'm coming at salvation for, at a different angle. What if it did make a change in their DNA? Now, I know you see where I'm going, all of this anti-V stuff. <laughs> Good shot, okay. Hang on, don't jump ahead of me. What if it changed their DNA? What if it did put some kind of a 
a seed into our DNA that made us continue to sin? What if it put a seed inside every cell of our body that made us angry, aggressive, and caused us to sin? What, what, what if? Could it be? Could it be? Could it be? Well, it could be, right? You agree? Let's go on. Neither shall you touch it. The serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die, but in you day that you eat thereof, your eyes will be opened. Now, what's he offering her? More, right? We want more. Monsanto is offering us more. You can mix this corn seed with this corn seed, and you can get better corn. Wrong. Wrong. Or you can give your cattle these shots, fill them full of hormones, and you, make, you can make them better. And today, Jenny Craig loves us for it. See where I'm coming? This is heading to salvation. <clears throat> so you can have your eyes open, and you'll be as God, knowing good and evil. So what she was tempted with was knowledge or tempted with having something more does the devil still tempt us with the same thing today wouldn't you like to have more yes i know you have a beautiful wife but wouldn't you like to have yes i know you have a good job but wouldn't you like to have right am i wrong and the woman saw the tree was good for food now look at this look at this and it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree desired to make one, oops. So what we're talking about here is what? Knowledge, technology. She was really being offered technology. So she took of the fruit, ate, gave to her husband. Their eyes were open and they knew that they were naked. Boom. The destruction of the human race just took place. What happened when they ate of that fruit now they gave the kingdom away. They gave the kingdom to the devil. And all of the descendants under Adam and Eve are now under the control of Lucifer. Right? Right? Now let's go to the next one. And it came to pass as they journeyed, now this is some years later, journeyed east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us now make brick and burn them thoroughly. Okay, now. What happens when you burn brick thoroughly? It crystallizes. My mama said when she was a child, they had a crystal radio. They said the way you change channels in this, we talked about this, I think, last week, is you moved a stylus around on the crystal, and that would change the stations because a crystal downloads a higher frequency, changes it to a lower frequency so we can amplify it, and that's a radio in the very simplest of terms. You remember David would call for them to bring the ephod to him, which was a gold plate with 12 stones on it. And he would ask the ephod, should I go, when they came and stole his wife and his, his uh, belongings, should I go after them? So God, or David talked to the ephod, and God talked through the ephod to David and said, yes, go, you'll recover all. Right? So what's the ephod? We call it a breastplate. What is it? It's a transistor radio to God. I remember when we were in Israel, the, uh, the, the tour guide says, uh, the uh, head rabbi 
had gone and visited the Pope. And as he was walking in, he noticed a red phone over in the corner. And the head rabbi said, what's that? He said, oh, <laughs> that is a phone to the throne. He said, wow, really? Can I use it? He said, yeah, it's $500 a minute, but it's okay. We'll take care of it. Go ahead and go talk to God. So he went and talked to God for a minute. About six months later, the rabbi, or excuse me, the pope, now was visiting the rabbi in Jerusalem. He walked in. He noticed the red phone over in the throne, over in the corner. And he said, is that the, he said, yeah, it's the same thing. That, that phone is... It's a phone to the throne. He said, but here it's free because the call's local. <laughs> local call. <laughs> local. <laughs> local call. What the Tower of Babel was, make brick, burn them thoroughly. They made a big crystal. Why? To talk to the demons. Go to, let us build a city and a tower whose top reach into heaven. Are they trying to build a skyscraper? Leslie was just, what's the name of the place? Dubai, Dubai yeah, but what was the name of the skyscraper? Barj Khalifa. She was there six months ago. Not long ago. Not long ago. <laughs> What you saw was a demonstration of man and woman, of husband and wife, where her husband doesn't know what's going on and the wife has to tell him two or three times. See, all of the guys froze. They're not going to say, amen. They wouldn't say anything to that. Why? Because they live it too. All right, so anyway. They weren't trying to build a skyscraper. They were trying to build a giant crystal radio to hear to the other side. They were trying to get high technology. It's the same thing the devil promised. Are you making the connection here? Yeah. The same thing the devil promised Eve was more knowing to be wise. So they're making a crystal radio so that they could talk to the demons. And if they did, nothing would be restrained from them, whatever they imagined to do. Knowledge can be destructive. And is it perhaps that's the reason that our schools, our colleges, you see a, a young man or woman raised in church, they go off to college and then they lose their salvation due to some godless professor, okay? Because they're going into a place seeking knowledge rather than seeking the Lord. Now, 1954, reportedly, there was a Griotta Treaty, reportedly. Now, I do not know that this is true, but I'll tell you what, out there on the Internet, it is so prevalent. So many people believe this. It's probably, I said probably true. I cannot prove it. I do not know that it's true. But essentially, the scuttlebutt is that in 1954, there was a treaty made called Griotta. It was made between President Truman and gray aliens. Now, are there gray aliens, flying saucers, or are there demons? Demons. We know them as demons. Fallen angels. Yeah, okay. It goes on, it tells you since 1950s, members, uh, I don't even say that, re, uh, relayed alien, uh, alien events to the people, and it goes on to say they made this deal with the 
President uh, D Dwight Eisenhower. Now, basically, the deal was, guess what? We will give you, come on, knowledge. knowledge, if you'll give us people that we can experiment. And that's when all of the abductions started. Prior to Rose Roswell, there were very, very few. After that, and guess what? Guess what? The surprise is the aliens didn't live up to their side. Surprise, surprise. This is actually supposedly part of that treaty, and I tried downloading it right across every one of the pages and kept saying bogus and big word. Well, look, if I got found out something like that and I was the devil, I'd probably write bogus on it too. I do not know that that's true, but that's not the point. The point I'm trying to say is it's the same lie. Eat of the fruit and you'll get technology or you'll get knowledge. It's the same thing. Make a big crystal, listen to the devil, and you'll get knowledge. Here, make a deal with the greys. We'll give you technology. By the way, shortly after that, they came out with the transistor. Today we have cell phones. We have all kinds of amazing technology. And it is all driven by patents. Supposedly, it was humans that came up with this, if you believe that. I don't necessarily believe that. That's actually part of it, and you can see right across here, this is what that word is actually saying, bogus. Reportedly, this is September 24, 1947, and that is Harry Truman's signature, and it goes on to saying, we really ought to keep this quiet. Now, my point is, it's the same thing. The devil been trying to trick us with knowledge and technology since Adam and Eve. But with Jesus, we don't need technology. He will raise us up, right? Now, this is, there, there's, there's a thing out there called medbeds, if you look carefully at that. Supposedly, that thing is supposedly already in existence for some 80 years. Now, there's a couple of people that were talking about this on the internet. I listened carefully to it, and it's like an hour and a half interview, but I've just chiseled out a few of the things to say. They said, our brains have this reptilian gene implanted in us long ago. Are you catching? Are you catching? Our brains had this reptilian gene implanted in us long ago. It's an aggressive gene causing us to be quick to temper and confront each other. In certain situations, we can remove that aggressive gene. What do you suppose the NIV might be doing? Removing it, making us better? No. Making us so we don't get sick? Or you think we've been lied to? They wouldn't lie to us. What? Mainstream media? <laughs> he said that's their job. In certain situations, we can remove that aggressive gene. The person doesn't become milk toast. They won't be quick to get angry or confrontational to do bodily harm to others. Now, here's my point. See that reptilian gene? When we accept Jesus, I don't think it removes the gene, but I think it removes its authority over us. If we accept Jesus, that doesn't mean we can't sin. That means we don't have to sin. Right? Right? If we want to walk back into that mud... If we want to go eat that vomit again, we can, Bible says, right? Right? Yeah. But we don't have to. 
Now, for those people watching, those people online, those people maybe months from now watching this, I just want to tell you right now, you don't have to sin. You don't have to stay in that mud. You don't have to eat that vomit again. Don't eat it again. You threw it up once. Don't do it again. And maybe that's smoking cigarettes. Maybe that's smoking something a whole lot worse. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's not just smoke. Maybe it's a pill or maybe it's an injection. Or maybe it's things that you do. Maybe someone that is a murderer. You know, a murderer has walked among us. Not everybody got caught, right? Jesus can set you free from that. But, but, watch this. You have to choose. It's our choice. Our choice to walk away from that. I'd love to think that there was an injection that could remove that gene. But if there is such an injection, it's going to be found at the cross. Right? Right? If there is a way to remove that gene, if there is a way to get free, Jesus, I came to set the captives free, he said. We are captives. When we're born, we're captives. And I read that and I thought, Maybe. 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 Sounds good. Sounds about right. I don't know. Let's go on. So my question today, is this you? Is this you? Well, the truth is, it was all of us at one time. But Jesus set us free. But we can put the handcuffs back on if we want to. Or we can say, uh-uh, Satan, get thee behind me. I'm not going to do that again. I've already made a decision. I'm not going to do that. I said I'm not. I said I'm not going to do that again. You can't threaten me with death. You can't threaten to cut my head off. You can't. Leslie called me in one time. Prophecy Club been going probably I don't know six months, maybe a year. I want to talk to you. So we sat down around the kitchen table. I could show you the very chair I was sitting in. She said, I want, to talk, I want to talk to you. I want to tell you something. She says, uh, if you were ever threatened with me or the children, I want you, you do not bend, you do not buckle. We don't, you don't own us. You don't own the children. We're yours for a time. You be loyal to the, to, to the Lord first. Amen. And if somebody's threatening you with me or the children, you let us go. You do not bend, do not buckle, you do not deny Jesus. Amen. And I thought, Amen. hadn't thought of it. I hadn't had to use that card yet. Thank you, Lord. But now think about it. We all have to make that choice. Who's number one in our card deck? Right? Okay. Jesus came to set us free, but we can put those handcuffs back on if we want to. But I believe there's somebody going to be watching this, and you got the handcuffs. You've never asked Jesus into your life. Maybe you thought he was some kind of a, a wimp. Ha! Let him beat him up and nail him to the cross. Well, they wouldn't do that to me. Yeah, well, <laughs> no one took his life. He laid it down. He gave it freely. He gave it freely for you. He gave it because he took the sin. I remember a story of a, of a schoolmaster, hard, hard schoolmaster. Nobody in his class disobeyed. He had a paddle and he, it was ruled with an, an iron rod. 
But one time this little skinny guy, the smallest guy in the room, was hungry and he stole the lunch. Schoolmaster who stole it. Young little skinny guy starts crying. He says, but I was hungry. He says, but nobody breaks the rules around here. Come up here, son. But the big muscle guy stepped up and said, I'll take it. I'll take a whooping for him. He can't take it. So the big muscle strong guy took the whooping for him. See, that's what Jesus did for us. He took the whooping for us. He allowed them to nail him to the cross, beat him, spit on him, pull his beard out. And by the way, when they nailed him to the cross, it was naked. It's through both hands, through both feet. My understanding is it's really there. And it's not here. You just pull right out, hang up there for two or three days because the, the nail going through didn't kill him. Not blood, much blood came out. That's not what killed him. Went in here. And they were up there two or three days. They died of asphyxiation because they couldn't, because they were like this, <clears throat> they would have to push up like this to take a breath. And after a while, that's the reason they came and broke Jesus' legs, because then he could no longer push up. So he just hung, and it's just a matter of 10 or 15 minutes, and he's dead. Because he he, there's only so many times you can pull yourself up to take a breath. But just hanging like there, what, what he died from, what they die from eventually is asphyxiation. But their, their legs give out where they can't push up to get another breath, and they just... But Jesus gave up the ghost. They came to break his legs, but they didn't break his legs. They ran a sword in so the blood could come out, run down the crack that God had arranged to be there, drip on the Ark of the Covenant about 20 feet below that was in a stone box. God arranged for the stone lid on the stone box to crack at exactly the right place. So the blood went through 20 feet of solid rock, through a, a stone lid, dropped on the east side of the Ark of the Covenant because the west side was where they put the blood of the, the animals and the goats and stuff. And that blood dropped there because that was one of the covenants. For Jesus to be the Lamb of God, he had to be born in a specific place. He had to be born where they raised sacrificial lambs. There's only one place, one place on the globe. And when they are born, they have to swaddle them. That means they don't want them to scratch themselves or hurt themselves. So basically they tie them up. And they tie them in these strips of specific cloth. It's very ritualistic. And that cloth is called swaddling clothes. And then they put them in a manger. A manger is actually a feed trough where they feed lambs because Jesus is our food. He was born where they sacrificed lambs. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes. That's the only time they wrap a lamb in swaddling clothes because they don't want the lamb to, to do any, get any blemishes. If they get one blemish, they can't use them. He was born exactly at the right time, the right place, perfectly, so that he could be our sacrificial lamb. It was all designed before in the beginning was even written. You're right, it's amazing. 
I like being free. I like having the choice. Yes, stand, you can sin. So can you. But I like turning my nose up at the devil. I like turning my head. I like casting that imagination at him. Right? We don't have to do it anymore. We're free. This is a vision from Courtroom of Heaven. It takes about 45 minutes to read it. My opinion, no questions from God, but we're not going to read the whole thing. I just want to point out one thing. It was given to Maurice Scalar, December 27th. 2018. He said, Yeshua arose at the front of the defense table. He wore a white robe with blue trim and red sleeves. We just read this a few weeks ago. With a border in the neck, uh, border of red, and he wore a small diadem of solid diamonds as a crown. Once again, when he stood up, everyone bowed their heads before him in worship, except those at the prosecution table. In other words, that's at the devil's table. He said, in summary, As the true son of man, I have taken the death penalty for every generation of fallen man. Bingo. If there wasn't a reptilian gene put into our DNA when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, if there wasn't, the point is still the same. He set us free. Jesus set us free. We don't have to sin anymore. We don't have to live a life of destruction. We can live a life. He came to set the captives free. I would that you would prosper and be in health so much the more as your soul prospereth. I've taken the death penalty for every generation fallen man, including those of this harvest generation, that's us. I've also stripped Satan of his authority over the church. Stripped Satan of his authority over the church. He doesn't rule us anymore. We're free. Of the living God, his gates can no longer prevail against her. Amen. Hallelujah to Jesus, right? Now, let me explain this in a way you've probably never seen it before. So before God said, in the beginning, God, he loved the world so much that he already gave his only begotten son so that whoever would believe in him would not have to die. We don't have to die. We can live forever. We get what the devil really wants. We get to worship God forever. We do have to realize that we're sinners. We have to realize that the reason, I mean, you know, you you take a young man, a young woman, you put them out on an island and just let them live the way they want to live, and guess what? It's just sin. It's just filth. It's just sin, because that's what's in our heart. So who knows? Maybe there was some kind of a reptilian gene. I don't know what it is. Something put in us someplace back there where if you just, as they say, do as thou wilt, if you just do what is on your heart to do, because the Bible says the heart of man is continually wicked. Who can know it? The Bible says out of the heart the man speaks. So... What, what is in our heart from the beginning is just wickedness, just filth. But if we realize that, if we realize we've got handcuffs on us and we say, no, 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 I want a better life. And a lot of people think being in those handcuffs, doing it the devil's way, oh, yeah, well, he pays me a lot more money. <laughs> 
yeah, but at the end of the day, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is destruction. My mom said it this way. He said, she said, son, there is pleasures in sin. True? She's right. But I choose righteousness. We choose righteousness. As Christians, when we choose Jesus, we choose to follow him. For by grace. Now, in other words, we can't earn it. We can't be good enough. We can't do good enough. We can't memorize the Bible enough. We can't go to church enough. We can't clean the toilets enough. We can't be good enough to be set free. So it's a free gift. For, all, for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. Through faith. In other words, Jesus doesn't say, okay, come here. Let me, I'm going to prove to you right now I'm God. He's saying, look, at, read the Bible. It's already in there. Reading it, but you got to ask for your eyes to be open because you can read right through it and say, I wonder what that said, right? Yeah. It's a gift of God. It's a gift. It's a free gift, not of works, lest any man should boast. How do we do it? How do we get, so you people out there watching, let's say you're up to your eyeballs and drugs. You're up to your eye, maybe you murdered. Maybe you beat people up. Maybe you've stolen. All kinds of filthy stuff. Here's the good news. You can have another start. Amen. You can be set free from the devil. See, like, <clears throat> I remember Lieutenant Brown. I was going through, this had been about 1972. I was going through police academy. Back when I thought I was supposed to become a policeman. Bad idea. But, I mean, but I learned a lot. He came in and he said, how people get caught is this. He said they go out and they rape or they rob or they murder. And he says, and they think they can do it one time. But it's like Lay's potato chips. Can't do it one time. Right? Can't do it one time. He said if somebody could just say get on a plane, fly to other, another city, he says as, as a police lieutenant, I'm going to tell you, they'd probably get away with it. Get away with it. Fly to another city, do their deal, get back on a plane, come home, and then live the rest of the life without breaking any laws. He said they'd probably get away with it. But the problem is they can't stop. It gets more and more evil and more violent. They can't stop. And he says, and that's where police officers come in. They catch them because they keep doing it. Well, that's what the cross does. We don't have to keep doing it. It doesn't make any difference what we've done, save blaspheming the Holy Ghost. Can't be forgiven with that. The cross says, I'll cut it off. The cross says, I'll take off the handcuffs. The cross says, you don't have to do, you don't have to be, you don't have to lie or kill, steal, destroy, rape, whatever it is. You don't have to keep it up. So whoever you know that you think would like to be free, send them this. Send it to them. Tell them to watch it. 30 minutes. I've been talking 30 minutes. These 30 minutes will explain and set you free. How many of you were caught? How many were one time wearing those handcuffs? Let's see here. Yeah, man. Remember those days? Remember, it was misery. You hated it. But you thought you liked it. Yep. 
There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is destruction. Broad is the way. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction. Many there be that go therein. Straight is the gate. Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. And few there be that find it. So, okay, Stan. If I want to be set free, I want to walk away from this life of sin. I want to walk away from the drugs, the girls, the thieving, the murdering. I want to walk away from it. I want to walk. I want to be free. I want to know what it is to have a clean heart again. I want to know what it is to be able to sleep, a deep sleep, all the way through the night again, without having bad dreams or demons coming to me into the dreams. I want to know what it is to be able to walk down the streets and be normal and be free again. How do I do that? You're saying I can do that. How do I do that? Okay, here it is. It's as simple as this. It starts. Now, it's not the end of it. Matter of fact, I'll tell you right now, the battle is only beginning. But I'll give you the start. I'll give you the key. The key to open your door. Now, you can walk back into that prison door if you want to. But I'm going to give you the key. His name is Jesus Christ. And it starts with a prayer. This prayer only lasts about 60 seconds. I'll show you the words to say. But I'm also going to tell you, it starts here. It doesn't end here. Then what I'll recommend you do is get yourself a King James Bible. And I would like to be able to recommend you to any of the churches out there. I said I'd like to be able to recommend to. Problem is, the churches are in lots of trouble these days. So you've got to go back to the book. That would be a King James Bible. You start at N and you go to Amen. That's Genesis 1, in the beginning. And you go to Amen to the end of Revelation. And what I'd suggest you do is pray and say, Lord, open my eyes. Show me the deep and secret things. Help me to understand because it's ink on paper. You'll never understand it without the Spirit of God. It's the reason God wrote it. He's not worried about bad people understanding it. He's worried about bad people understanding it. It's the devil that's worried about bad people understanding it. He hopes they do understand it, but there are certain things you've got to got to search out start reading it and then ask i mean and by the way i don't think it ought to be five minutes a day it needs to be probably more in the ballpark of 30 minutes to an hour a day and then when you get to the amen well you put it on the shelf and never look at it again no christians what do you advise them to pull that book down and go through it again i know one fella he read the New Testament 32 times. Read the Old Testament 75 times. And somebody could open the Bible, start reading any place. He'd tell them book, chapter, and verse. Well, they'd go book, chapter, and verse. 2 Chronicles 2.16, he'd start quoting. But he was a guy. He said, never knew him about Jesus, never raised in church, never ran any of this. He said, my job, that would give me a list of names, my job was to convince people to drop their insurance. I would knock on their door. Yes, ma'am, your name is such and such and so and so, and your husband's name is, and your social security number, yes, yes, I'm here to rewrite your insurance policy. Well, they didn't know the difference. So he'd walk in, cancel their old insurance policy, write them a new insurance policy, talk about illegal, it was illegal. 
He said, I had money hanging out of all of my pockets. He said, got a great deal. He said, made a sale every time. But he says, now, he says, I was about 35 years old. He said, I was in the hospital. Everything was shutting down. My kidneys were shutting down. My heart was shutting down. Um, you know, it, it, uh, my, I was dying. He said, but I'd married a Christian woman. I couldn't get her to not be a Christian. She was raised Baptist, and she, they had an evangelist come through. She talked to that evangelist going down to the hospital praying for me. She says, he's a big guy. Must have been about 6'5", six, 6'7". Six, he walked in. He said, I had these things in my nose, just all of my orifices. I had some kind of something poked into them. He said, I was dying. They told me I wouldn't make it through the night. He said, this Baptist evangelist walked in with this big hen. Probably wrap it all the way around the football twice. Not even, you know, <laughs> big hen. He said, he put it right down on my face and says, Heal him in Jesus' name. He said, turn and walked out. He said, when he walked out, he said, something hit the top of my head. He said, it was a fire, and he says, it burned like fire. He says, I mean, it hurt. Something hit me on the top of my head. He says, it started coming down. He said, it hit my ears. My ears popped, and he said, I could hear again. I could hear it opening my sinuses. I, as it hit Right here, he says, all of a sudden I can feel my back. He said, my neck was popping. My back was popping. He said, I could start moving again. He said, it went on right down. He said, I could feel it touching every part of my body. He said, by the time it got to the end of my bottom of my feet, he said, I jumped out of the hospital bed. He said, I jerked all those hoses out of my nose and my mouth. Yeah, I jerked them out of every place. I had hoses every place. He said, all beeping, beeping, beeping. He said, there's a big blue, code blue, code blue. Nurses, everything's running in here. He said, get back in bed. Get back in bed. What do you do? He said, I'm healed. I'm healed. Jesus healed me. And get me my clothes. I'm walking out of here. <laughs> he said, so? He said, I didn't need any money. He said, I had lots of money. He said, so I got, I said, bring me that King James Bible. Bring me that Bible. He said, I locked myself in a room. He said, for two years. He said, I didn't come out of that room for two years. He said, all I did was read that King James Bible. He said, I've got to find out about this God that healed me. I've got to find out about this God that healed me. He said, I started reading that book, reading that book, reading that book, and he never quit reading that book. He goes out to Bible studies, or these Bible studies at the prisons. I remember one night, he'd, he'd make the guys... We'd start off with five people, but after a while it got after 20, 25 people. He'd make all of the guys. He said, I don't care how long it is. He said, but before we get out of here, he said, I want you to pray a prayer. Coming out of your mouth, pray a prayer to God. I remember it came around to one guy, and he prayed. And First time he's there, last time he's there, he got done, and the Spirit of the Lord spoke to my heart, and I said, the Lord has a word for you. He looked at me, he was like, I said, I see you. You thought somebody saw. You thought somebody saw that you didn't do it. But you turned around and there was no one. Despite everything you could do, you could not convince them that you didn't do this. And he's looking at me like this. Tears start rolling down his eyes. His eyes are frozen open. But God saw. God saw you didn't do it. Now, he's about to release you. But he's releasing you to go to work for him. 
I see flat knees. I see you on your knees praying to God, not by the hour, but by the day. I see times where you, you don't even eat or drink for days in a row, praying, 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 praying. You're going to be a praying man, a praying God. Tears just rolling down his eyes. I got done, he swallowed, he said, crying, crying. He said, that's right. He said, that's right. I said, I, I thought I saw, no, I thought somebody saw. I didn't do it. I didn't, I really didn't. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I thought somebody saw. Nobody saw. Nobody saw. I said, yes, sir, I'll do it. Yes, sir, Lord, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll pray. I'll do it. Came back the next week. He'd been released. He got to be in that Bible study. We got to be, they, they, uh, they started saying, oh, that's the door to get out of here. Get in that Bible study. You want to get out of here, you get in that Bible study and you get released. I want you to look at this. Right here is your solution. Right here is your solution. You got family problems, your solution is right here. You got health problems, you got money problems, you got job problems. Your solution is right here. He can fix it. He can fix it when no one else can fix it. He is the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. Maybe we do have some kind of a serpent gene put in us. I don't know. I know this, that the heart of man is continually wicked. Who can know it? I also know I got set free. And I never want to go back. I like living free. I like the fact that Jesus set me free. And everybody in here sitting there saying, Amen. So if you're still wearing the handcuffs, if you're still in drugs, sex, rock and roll, killing, stealing, whatever it is, if you're in some kind of sin, the good news is you don't have to stay there. If you like it down in that mud, if you like it down in that vomit, you stay there. If you continue to, oh, but Stan, you don't understand. I got a nice car. I got a nice house. I got girls all over you. And you're miserable. Can't sleep at night. You toss and turn. Got to take some kind of pill to sleep. You got to take a pill to wake up. You're miserable. You're miserable. How do you know I'm miserable? Because I know what the devil does. I've been there and done it. No, thank you. I want to stay out. So here's your prayer. 60 seconds. Will you give 60 seconds to believe? Will you pray a prayer? Maybe you don't even totally understand at this point. But you want to be set free. Pray this prayer. I'm asking everybody here to pray the prayer. 60 seconds. Pray the prayer. Pray the prayer. Like DJT said, give it a chance. You can always go back to the devil. He'll always take you back. Let's bow our heads. No one's looking around. God's listening. God's listening. It counts. Dear Heavenly Father, say it out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit I'm a sinner. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, died on the cross, arose three days later. I accept His blood to wash my sins away, to set me free, write my name in the book of life, keep me holy, 
and save me in the day of trouble. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you just prayed that for the very first time, then, then send me an email right here to my email. See that thing at the top right up there? Send it. And it ought to look something like this. I just prayed the prayer. I just accepted Jesus. I'll hoot and holler when you do. But even more than that, the Bible says the angels in heaven rejoice to everyone that comes to Jesus. Amen. You can always go back to the devil, but you can be set free. Now let me back up. I'd also recommend if you're watching, if you watch more than two or three times, or maybe this is your first time to watch, recommend you go to where it says become a ministry member, and you can do that by going to spiritofprophecychurch.com or prophecyclub.com. Why? Because you want to say, look, I agree with these people that believe in the Bible. I agree with somebody that points to the cross as the, as the solution. I agree with them. I want to place my life, and I want to place my membership with them. I want to stand with them. Go there and get signed up. And if you're also watching, click like, share, and also subscribe. Why? Well, so I just, uh, I got a new why. Here's the why. Uh, had this agent come over, and he's got this 25-year-old expert, this little genius. Uh, 25 years old, he's, he's a genius with social, what's the word? Media. Yeah, social media. Yeah, there you go. I, I, I was, he was talking to me, and I made a comment. I said, so, uh, let me remember. <laughs> what is the word? What is the word? Not Twitter. Instagram. Yeah, 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 that's it. I said, so, so what is Instagram? And one of the ladies in the room chuckled. And I thought, oh, Stan, you're behind, man. You're behind. <laughs> he said, he said, well, let me look at you talking about YouTube. He said, let me look at your uh, analytics. What? <laughs> analytics? He said, yeah, let, let me look at your analytics. Okay. What's your password? <laughs> to YouTube? I didn't know there was a password. Yes, to your account. So I had to call my son. What's my YouTube password? You got the password. Seconds later, he had this graphs and charts popping up every place. He, he says, you have a really, really good ministry here. He said, do you know how long people watch YouTube normally? I said, um, he said, two or three minutes normally. He said, you know how long people watching yours? He said, 15 to 17 minutes average. He said, that is unbelievable. That's amazing. He said, you, this ministry is set to explode. He said, here's another thing. He said, most of the, the, the ministries out there have either 5% men, 90% women, or the other way around. He said, you have a 55-45 mix. He said, that's amazing that both men and women watch what you're doing. He went on for about the next hour. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. And he also said, you know, with a little bit of advertising, he said, uh, you know, which we can help you do. He said, we can actually make this explode. Now... Here's, here's the interesting part. I thought the reason people were coming is because people were sending out, you know where you click that little share thing, sends it out. I thought it's because people sharing with their friends. Wrong. The primary reason, the primary way people are coming to watch our videos is because YouTube is advertising it. Why? Because people click like. 
I was amazed to find out 96, 97, 98% of the people that watch it click like. And when they click like, the algorithm, the computer, sends it out so that more people can see it. Well, I thought, duh. Okay, I like that. That's pretty good. <laughs> so if you'll click like and share, then it sends it out to more people. Now, we have about 1,000 eh, people watch it on Sunday. You can win souls by sending, clicking like and share that causes the algorithm to send it out. More people see it and maybe some. And by the way, I think it was 68% of the people that come to it are first time. They're coming to it because YouTube suggested it to them. And I thought, okay. I can't say what I'm really thinking there, but that's good. That's good. Anyway, so. Let me pray. Lord, for the people that just received Jesus, show them the path. Be a lamp into their feet and light into their path. Be a voice in their heart, a voice behind them speaking, saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. Guide them and direct them in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Glory be Jesus.